Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hello, everyone. Here's something that happened recently, and it got me thinking that this should be a podcast topic. About a month ago, a friend and I were going to an event and she was driving. Traffic was way worse than we expected, and we had to make an unplanned stop along the way, so we were both getting nervous about getting there on time. At one point when the traffic was particularly dense, she asked me what time it was. I thought for a second, and I gave an answer I'd never considered before. I said, you don't need to know. We were already getting there as fast as we safely could. There were no more tricks or shortcuts waiting to be used. There was absolutely nothing we could do to change. So how would knowing how late we were help anything? All it would do is make us worry. Okay, so worrying. Just like I consider myself a reforming perfectionist, I'm also working on becoming a reforming worrier. I think worrying is something that a lot of us type A folks get in the habit of doing. We might even have an unconscious belief that it's somehow good to be a worrier. That maybe if you're a worrier, it means you just care so much about everything. Now, obviously, the logical part of my brain knows that that's nonsense, but it was an identity I used to think was good for some reason like that. Well, let's think about what makes us worry. What kind of situations might you worry about? Well, the one I gave in the intro, being late, but here are a few others. What if this upcoming surgery doesn't go well? What if I don't pass my board exam? What if my application for promotion is denied? How am I going to meet this deadline? Are we all going to get COVID on vacation and get stuck out of town? Will my kids turn out okay? For those with kids, this is a big one. And what does it even mean anyway? What does turning out okay mean? Notice a common thread here. These are all things where someone might feel a loss of control. Most of us, not all I know, but most of us are people who like to be in control. We're used to being in control whether we like it or not. We're used to making big decisions, managing high-stakes situations. If we have a challenging diagnosis, we have an almost unlimited pool of literature to search and colleagues to consult. Not that anyone thinks that they have control over outcomes or people's behaviors, of course, but whether it's in patient care or academia or personal life, if you feel like you don't have control, you might start to worry. Why is that a problem? Why is it a problem to worry? The first few reasons are the obvious ones, but I'm going to talk about them anyway. Even though they're obvious, they do bear discussing. Okay, so first, it makes you feel terrible. Think about the way your body feels when you're worrying. You might get palpitations or reflux, headache, tremor, short of breath, restless, agitated. There are a ton of physical manifestations of worrying. Not to mention how it alters your emotional state. So again, this is one of the obvious ones. We know it makes us feel terrible. We generally don't want to feel terrible, but we think we can't help it. Second, it's not a good use of your time. Worrying is a form of perseverating. Your brain thinks it's stuck in a loop. You keep going over and over the same things and nothing changes. You're spending time, however much or little, on an activity that makes you feel like crap. So another obvious one. No one wants to waste time on something like this, but we think we can't help it. Third, it's not a good use of your mental energy. 
Worrying about a situation or outcome that you believe you can't control is mentally exhausting. It drains you. It takes away your emotional reserve. Remember that big spiral staircase of wellness? Worrying definitely bumps you down a flight or two or maybe even more. And the lower you are on the staircase and the less emotional reserve you have, the bigger and scarier and more insurmountable any new challenge you come across is going to seem. Using emotional energy on worrying makes you less able to cope with even the more mundane things in your life. So again, another obvious one. We know this, but we think we can't help it. Fourth, and this one is tied in with the second one, not being a good use of time. It doesn't change anything. There's no benefit to be had. There's a saying in coaching, worry only pretends to be useful. Your brain, and sometimes your body, spends so much time and energy occupied with worry that it's easy to trick yourself into thinking it has a purpose. It feels like you're doing something, so it must produce some output that you want. It doesn't. Worrying doesn't influence other people's behaviors or make a desired outcome more likely or an undesired one less likely or influence the vibrations of the universe. It does nothing. It just makes you feel like crap. You might be saying, now wait a minute, I've prevented a lot of serious things from happening by being the kind of person who worries about things. Nope. No, you haven't. That wasn't worrying. That was planning, preparedness, problem solving, risk assessment. Anytime where you've evaluated a situation or potential situation and either changed your own actions or recommended to others that they change theirs, those productive endeavors are any of the things I just listed, but they're not worrying. And believe me, I know a thing or two about this. I'm one of the most risk-averse people you will ever meet. In one group of friends, I kid you not, they have nicknamed me safety and compliance. So if I had friends who were thinking about, mm, as a purely hypothetical example, scaling a building to the balcony on the first floor up from the ground and then getting themselves onto said balcony by slithering in between very narrow bars like some sort of contortionist, if I said, hey, maybe that's not a great idea because you could fall or get stuck or whatever, that's not worrying. That's attempting risk reduction. But if, hypothetically, they decided to do it anyway, and I said to myself the whole time, please don't fall, please don't fall, please don't fall, well, that's worrying. It doesn't make them more or less likely to complete the climb successfully. That's the difference. And hypothetically, they may have made it to the balcony without incident, and it may have been hilarious. <laughs> Okay, so now that we've covered all the obvious things, here's where you really need to pay attention. The most important reason to stop being a habitual worrier is that the outcome of worrying isn't neutral. It's not just that you don't prevent the thing that you're afraid of or manifest the thing that you're hoping for. It's not just because it makes you feel lousy. When you're worried or whatever similar fearful emotion may happen, your actions and results will be impacted and not how you want them to be. Let's say you have a patient that you sense doesn't fully trust you. It makes you uncomfortable and nervous. Patient has an upcoming visit on your schedule and you start worrying about it ahead of time. Think of how this makes you feel when you walk into the exam room. Are you your best self? Are you exuding confidence and competence? Would you believe or trust you? The emotions that come from worrying drive us to actions that almost always sabotage the result we're hoping for. 
it's not just the discomfort or the wasted time or wasted energy or lack of utility. It actually has a palpable detrimental impact on the outcome. Now, to be clear, I'm not suggesting that your fear or anxiety influences the patterns of the universe, but it definitely influences your universe, which is your interpretation of your surroundings and your experience. That patient that you're nervous about, well, let's model that out. You're thinking something along the lines of, they don't trust me, which makes you feel nervous or anxious. And when you're feeling nervous or anxious because of this, you start to be overly careful about what you say or don't say. You overthink everything. You obsess about nonverbal cues. You get totally distracted by your fears. And the result is you, you lose trust in yourself. So now we've established why you might want to join me in becoming a reforming warrior. Except your brain is telling you, but I can't help it. Well, of course you think that. It's what you've been doing for years, likely most of your adult life. But here are some simple things you can do to decrease the amount of time and energy you spend on worrying. First, practice noticing that you're doing it. At first, you don't even have to try and change anything. Just notice that it's happening. Second, once you're pretty good at noticing when it happens, work on developing a neutral attitude about it. Oh, hey, look at that. I'm worrying. Isn't that interesting? What you're doing here is gradually shifting away from whatever subconscious beliefs you may have about worrying being a good thing, but you don't want to demonize it either. It's completely understandable and predictable that you're going to do some automatic worrying, especially when you're first trying to learn this. It's okay. It takes time and practice. Nothing's going wrong. Third, now that you feel neutral about it, start gently reminding yourself that it's not helpful and work on declining the offer that the brain is sending you. No thanks. I'm choosing not to worry. Last, and this step isn't for everyone, while my general philosophy is that patience and kindness with yourself are crucial, for some people there is a role for a tiny bit of tough love. Depending on your personality type and learning style, after you've been working on this for a while, when it comes up again and again, you can tell your brain, knock it off. But only if it strikes you at least a little bit humorous. Even the tough love has to be loving. Notice, make it neutral, say no thanks, knock it off. Okay, my friends, get to work on that worrying. I will see you back next week. Opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.